Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready to be energized and have some serious fun. This is the Energetic Education Podcast. Introducing your host, Dale Sidebottom. to episode number 64 of the podcast and today I have the absolute pleasure of having Ryan Ellis who is also the creator of the PE Umbrella podcast. Now Ryan is a primary teaching superstar that is based in the UK and he is doing some amazing work not only through his teaching but through his podcast as well and I was fortunate enough last week to be as a guest as episode number 100 and from a podcaster to a podcaster getting to episode number 100 is no mean feat and you'll see today why Ryan is so successful at everything he does, his passion, his energy and everything he brings to the table is always A1. So guys you're in for a really big treat today, Um, I've really enjoyed chatting with Ryan and obviously I've known him for a number of years through Twitter and so forth like that but just the last month talking to him and being on his podcast and now interviewing him today, you're in for a real treat today because Ryan is a superstar. Ryan, thanks so much for joining me, buddy. How are you, mate? I'm absolutely fantastic. All the better for speaking to you, Dale. Oh, now, for listeners out there, I had the absolute pleasure last week of being the 100th episode guest on your podcast, and I really wanted to return the favour just because our conversation flowed so nicely, and um, I wanted to share your journey with my audience. Now, how have things gone since our podcast, mate, your week since we've been apart? How's it been? It's, it's been an absolutely cracking week. The uh, the response to the hundredth episode was wonderful. People really enjoyed the uh, the energy you brought, the the chemistry I guess we had on the podcast. So much knowledge that you shared with them. And then since we've had episode one hundred and one, so I've just been keeping busy under the umbrella, as it were, uh, producing resources, um, hitting up people on social media, getting the physic conversation going, um, and life is going pretty well right now. Yeah, nice, mate. And and one thing you'll probably be able to tell for my listeners, I know I've got predominantly listeners in Australia, New Zealand, and, and mainly around the States and Canada, that, that Ryan and myself have got a little bit different accents. Now, Ryan, you are a UK superstar PE primary school teacher. Um, do you want to give us a little bit of your journey so far, buddy? Oh, wow, my journey, right? So you are correct, Dale. I am uh, in the UK in a small town called Harrogate, which is just north of where I was born in a city called Leeds. I'm a big Leeds United fan, football fan, and they've had some famous Australian footballers over the years. Viduka, you're absolute legends of the game. Some of my favourites, the heroes back in the day. Um, <laughs> but my journey, yeah, I'm a, currently a primary school PE teacher, but if I take you a bit further back, um, my sort of journey into teaching started by being inspired by my brother my older brother's five years my senior he's a secondary school PE teacher and I just seamlessly followed him down that path Um, went to university degree of sport development and physical education and that led me into jumping abroad into the United States of America um, where I coached soccer went for some summer camps uh, where I met my now wife um, in Philadelphia out there um, I went out and stayed there for five or six months the second year, came back to the UK with a wife. I didn't expect that when I first went out, but it <laughs> happened. Um, so we came back to the UK, thought we'd start our career over here. I definitely wanted to jump into teaching, but having worked in secondary schools um, and partly in primary too, volunteering, I had more of a passion for the younger children. I felt like I had could I could have a, a bigger impact on their sort of 
development as individuals. So I went into a, a PGCE, teaching primary education, and after that, subsequently got a job as a primary school teacher um, here in Harrogate. So I was a year three, four classroom teacher, and then a year five, six classroom teacher, teaching every curriculum area under the sun, maths, English, science, PE, you name it, I was teaching it. And, and that sort of petered out and led me into the role I'm doing now, which is a primary PE specialist. I get to travel around lots of different schools, upskilling teachers and delivering professional development. So uh, that leads us to where we are today, Dale. And that is an, a really cool journey. I actually didn't know that you uh, went over. I knew that you went over to the States and you did some uh, soccer coaching or football coaching, but I didn't know that you uh, came back with a better half. What, what a great result. It was a fantastic result. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was unexpected. It was a, a summer romance, um, which <laughs> blossomed, obviously, into uh, what is a loving relationship right now. So I couldn't have asked for anything else. Right. What a, what a great journey. Now, I want to get straight into, you mentioned professional development and uh, how you do run this amazing podcast and business now called the PE Umbrella. Now, before we get into what that is, I, I actually did write a story about what you thought the journey of your PE umbrella and how it came about. And you came back with this poem to me and I think it took you 20 minutes and I was absolutely blown away by it. Now, can you share that poem with me? Because I think it really sums up you as a teacher, just how creative you are and how passionate you are about what you do. And also the amazing brand that you've created in the PE umbrella. Certainly. I'm delighted to share it with you. Now, yeah, it, it, I came up with it as a sort of a spur of the moment thing. It was my inner primary school teacher which came up with this. But the, the tagline for this poem, if you like, is an umbrella is for life, not just for rainy days. And I'll share it with you now. I'll read it out to you and then we can see where we go with it. So, Ollie and Penny walked through the school gates. The month, of course, was September. With tears in their eyes, after hugs and goodbyes, they picked up their purple umbrella. As they started walking, they turned and saw Mum. Of course, they already missed her. But lost in the noise, they talked to other girls and boys and picked up their red umbrella. This isn't so bad, thought Ollie and Penny, as the school bell began to stir. With a skip and a slide, they found their class line, then picked up their blue umbrella. The school felt so large. Where do my bags go? They had a bit of a dilemma. Scanning the room, they saw two name tags they knew, then picked up their green umbrella. Once inside, their faces beamed with pride. Ollie and Penny wondered how things could get better. Then in walked their teacher. Morning class, nice to meet you. Let me tell you about your PE umbrella. And there it is. Bang, mate. And, and that is, I can't believe that took you 20 minutes to write. And um, for me to say you need to have a really nice story or about everything you're doing. And you've come up with that amazing poem. And um, what I love about the P umbrella and everything you're doing is that you have broken it down into four key elements. Now, I'll get you to explain these a little bit more, but you've got physical, cognitive, social, and emotional. Now, how did you come about these four? And, and is that sort of your philosophy that if you have those four pillars in your PE or just in your teaching altogether, um, that you're going to get rounded, really good results with your students? Yes, I mean, just tapping into those different learning domains. I've been around the teaching game long enough now to see different children flourish in different environments and see lots of children 
harness different aspects from particular games I deliver uh, on activities. So if I'm teaching a lesson, while some children may really flourish and develop in the physical aspect, I'll see other children who really, you know, grip onto the social element of a particular activity and they're flourishing in that area. And I feel that these four pillars, which isn't reinventing the wheel, you know, the four domains of learning there are really the backbone to what uh, are the pillars of life to help us in all aspects of life that we travel to and through. And I feel if we can harness these at a, at a younger age, particularly the emotional aspects now, which I think is more prevalent, that's one of my favourite, I think it will put our children in good stead going forwards through their childhood, through adolescence and into adulthood as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree that we play such a huge role as primary school educators. And um, I know that you are branded as a PE umbrella, but what you just mentioned there, they could be so easily transformed and used in the classroom as well. And I'm sure you'll probably do that when you go back in the classroom. Is that probably a fair indication? Absolutely. I mean, the PE umbrella, as it started out, is, is a term, you know, encompassing many, many things. I think physical education is the perfect breeding ground for many of these skills we've just talked about i struggle to think of another subject and people may correct me and say i'm wrong but i struggle to think of another subject which can foster and can help develop these skills as well as physical education you are right i'm going back into classroom teaching this year in september again which i'm really looking forward to as well as being a pe coordinator but these four umbrellas are definitely coming with me there's going to be visuals there's going to be posters for the children to refer to in my classroom as well, because it does lend itself perfectly to primary school life. Yeah, and I think that's a really good way of putting it. And sometimes people can get turned off. I know when you mention you're a PE teacher or do the PE umbrella, energetic education, they think straight away that what we teach cannot be used in the classroom. And it, it is so wrong. You know, everything has a, a sort of a crossover. And I suppose that sort of leads me where I want to go next. That do you think your new role, because I know you're going to be in the classroom for half the day, and then you're also going to be doing PE and stuff as well. Do you think that balance is something that you've missed in your teaching? Or are you, are you really happy doing in PE, I suppose, um, is it something you're excited to have a bit of both, uh, the crossover on? It is. I mean, in my mind, it's. I'm thinking it's going to be the perfect balance. The one thing I've definitely missed in my uh, career right now, traveling around, is being able to build up really strong relationships. Because in primary school over here, teachers teach one class, and they are my class. I get to know them inside and out to help deliver the best content to them, to help them learn. In my role right now, the great side of it is I just get to teach PE all the time, which is my passion. It is my love. But because I'm moving around and see classes once a week, maybe at best, the building of the relationships is the side that I missed. And I know in September, going back into that single primary school, I'm going to really be able to focus on building strong relationships. And in turn, I think that's only going to enhance the quality of PE as well as the other subjects I teach um, tenfold. Yeah, I, I, and I remember talking to you last week and I couldn't agree more that relationships is the most important thing, I think, in everything we do in life, not just in education, but building that relationship, particularly in primary school, is crucial. And um, if you're only seeing students once a week, um, how have you gone about doing that? Because I know from your personality and the way you teach, you might have found that pretty hard, mate. It's been incredibly, incredibly hard. It's been a testing journey. And since doing the podcast... Only then has relationships come more to the forefront of something I realised I had to get better at. I was never great at it. And I've, I've commented on this before about how I've always been so caught up in my head. I'm a bit of a time traveller. I'm either thinking too, too far ahead of what's coming next 
or I'm dwelling on the past. And I, I found it and do still find it at times quite hard to be present. And, and I soon realized that if I was going to get to know the children I'm seeing once a week, I had to be present every minute of the lesson that I was with them. And that, that started the second I walked through the school gates. And I'd often be greeted by a flock of children. Mr. Ellis, Mr. Ellis, are you, are you teaching us today? You know, I'd take the, my time rather than running ahead, getting my bag set up. I'd spend 10 minutes in the playground. I would talk to individuals. I'd try my best to remember their names. I'd ask them how their horse riding went at the weekend. I'd try and just find little bits about them common ground between myself and them or just things that really interested them whether they were collecting the football panini stickers whether they were interested in doing the floss dance which has been a big hit this year (laughs) you know I'd ask them about it and ask them if they've done it today and if they've got better at it and just little common you know bits of common ground between me and them I found ways to build that and then of course in the lessons as well I think for me trying to remember names as quickly as possible I've notoriously been awful at this and what hasn't helped is I've, you know, teach 300 different children a week. So it's sometimes hard to remember. But the sooner I can remember them by first name terms, then the sooner that relationship starts to blossom and take off. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. I think learning names is the, the biggest thing that you can learn in any part of teaching. And it's so important. Now, for some people, it doesn't come as natural. I'm very fortunate that I can remember names just straight off and I'll be able to pick straight from the first activity. I'll probably know five or six without even going around and they'll stick with me and then you can learn the others. For you, if you're saying you weren't so good at it and learning 300 names, um, are there any tips that you have used? Because um, I know there are so many tips out there, Ryan, that people use to remember names. There might be cues about students or they might give them a nickname or things like that. Is, is there anything that's worked really well for you? For, well, for me, this is going to sound like the worst tip ever it's not really a tip <laughs> for me it's it's it, it's really been just being conscious of trying to learn the names and listening now it sounds stupid probably but in the past i would ask a child their name and no sooner has the question left my mouth even before they've answered i've all of a sudden changed tact and i'm thinking about what i'm actually doing so when they've said to me what their name is it's almost just gone in one ear and straight out the other i've not really listened and heard it so I first made a point when I asked someone their name to look at them in the eye and ask them their name and make sure I look at them and listen to try and get a visual picture and cue, which we'll hopefully remember. And then once I've learned a couple of names, I'll make sure I keep going back to that child throughout the lesson. And every time I'm hovering around to see how they're getting on, I'll just refer to them by their first name all the time as much as possible. And I'll make a conscious effort to do that in the first few lessons. Now, I'm not saying I remember all 30 children's names in my first lesson, far from it, but I'll at least set myself a target of, you know, 10 to 15 in a lesson and do my absolute best to get them nailed on so I can then try and remember the rest. So for me, my biggest tip is just be present and listen when they're speaking to you because I've always been really bad at that. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of putting it because people don't often think to learning names as, as listening because um, we're, we're too quick thinking of the next thing or what we're going on or another student's name or things like that, but actually just slowing down, being present at that time and really taking on board what that student's saying to you. I think that's a great tip and not only in our teaching, but in everyday life. And I know that uh, when we spoke last week, you were really big on listening and relationships. So probably your two biggest assets. So you've really learned from doing the podcast and um, I really thought about that as well. And when you've just mentioned 
mentioned before that you struggle to be present. And I must admit, I, I have that same thing as well. My head goes at a million miles an hour. Is there anything you currently do at the moment, Ryan, to be present, to be mindful, be, be in the moment? Are there, are there techniques or things that you put into your daily routine that you practice to get better at that? Um, the, the first thing I did to, to start to make a transformation probably 18 months ago now, I think, was start to use some meditation apps. Um, I used Headspace a little bit, which I've discussed before, and, and Calm. And, and, I, and I do it every day. And it, it, again, some, it's for some people. It's sometimes not for others. And I thought, there's no way I'm ever going to get into this. It's not me at all. Um, I gave it a go. And surprisingly, you know, every morning I take 10 minutes meditation app on, clear my thoughts. And it really calmed me down a lot for the day. And I'm a big fan of just getting my own business sorted first so I can fully focus on everybody else. I found if I had something outstanding that I'd not done for the day, I would always dwell upon it and I wouldn't be present for everyone else I'm with. So another big one for me was exercising and going to the gym. Um, if I had missed exercise, it made me feel, you might be able to relate to this, just a bit horrible for the day. I feel like I should have done something. Yeah. So if I went to school teaching and I'd not had any exercise, I'd not got up and um, you know sorted myself out, I was a bit more grouchy and I was always conscious of it's something I still need to do during the day. So... I started getting up at 4.50 a.m. I'd go to the gym by 5.15, have an hour to myself at the gym, make sure I've had my exercise, come home, eat have my breakfast. I would have my meditation app on, uh, and then I would be able to get my children up. And that was ticked off for the day then. I could then focus on those around me because I'd taken care of myself. And, and it paid dividends you know, tenfold. I was a much nicer person, much happier person. And it meant when I was in my teaching then, I could just focus on the children and the task at hand. Um, one of the best sort of tips, and I can't even pinpoint who said this on my podcast now, was rather than be that teacher who's the sage on the stage, which I feel like is one of my strengths, being at the front, putting on a show, was to be the guide on the side and linking into the relationships I knew that was something I had to work on. And the best way for me to do that was to simply stand back, listen and watch, see what the children were doing, see which child is engaged and why are they engaged? What are they enjoying? Or which child is off task? What can I do to help them? Maybe go have a little quiet word with them. And it just forced me to be more present because if I wasn't present in the session, there's absolutely no way I would have built stronger relationships for them. So I think, yeah, for me, being more present started with taking care of myself first. And I think that the biggest tip is there that you can't physically look after anybody else unless you're looking after yourself and um, you're always chasing your tail. So people say if... Uh I think if you're not getting up and, and looking after yourself, giving your body that respect and that sort of flows in for the energy that then you can give to the students throughout the day. And I know teaching primary school that if you don't have that energy, I think it's a disjustice to the kids because they deserve this crazy amount of energy because they feed off it. And I used to call myself like an iPhone charger because I would come in, I'd charge them up and then they could go crazy. So do you think once you started doing that daily routine, you know, getting up at four, 50, doing your meditation, doing your daily daily chores before your kids have got up, do you think that put you in good stead and gave you more energy to really focus on embracing the kids throughout the day? Oh, without a doubt. I was absolutely buzzing. I mean, I was literally bouncing around. And people would say to me, 
I would speak to other staff members and I'd tell them how early I got up and I've been to the gym and they'd say, oh, you're crazy. You must be so tired. How are you doing it? And I was like, you, you're crazy. I said, I'm not tired at all. I'm absolutely buzzing. I've done what I needed to do. Um, I'm energized. I'm, I'm ready now for the day. I'm ready for the children coming to me. I'm ready to energize them and to impart any knowledge that I have and to get them excited about their learning. Um, it without a doubt put me in a, a much a physically stronger but also mentally stronger position to be teaching and it made me it, it, uh, this is another strange thing it linked to the nutritional side of it it made me consciously make better decisions eating as well which I think has had a big impact and that naturally gave me more energy too so I felt like if I wasn't looking after myself with the nutritional side of things, which I started to do a lot more, I've been doing myself a disservice and it didn't make sense to why I'm even going to exercise at the gym. So all in all, the energy boost I got from it, even though I was probably losing out on maybe another hour and a half, two hours sleep a day, I had more energy than when I had that sleep. Um, and I think, you know, you've got to take ownership of your day and be in charge. I always like the thought of I'm in charge of my day. I'm not going to let time dictate it. And looking back now, I can't even bear the thought of there being a time when my alarm goes off and I have to get up and my alarm dictates that I've got to, I have to get out of bed because I have to go to work in 10 minutes and I'm rushing around. I like to set myself up for the day by, I'm saying when I'm getting up, I'm getting up whenever I want. I'm looking after myself. I'm in charge of the day the day isn't in charge of me. And that's something which has energized me to no end. Yeah. And I, I know we spoke, I, I love that, mate. And I know we spoke about this on your podcast that I think you should get up every morning and plan your day out, have clear goals, ideas, and, and incorporate play. And that's a, a really big one. And I, I was massive on play, but when I listened to your episode, just you talking and you weren't interviewing a guest or anything, and you spoke for nearly half an hour really passionately about play and the benefits to the body, the mind, the soul, everything like that, um, I, I was blown away, mate. And um, do you want to just share what you think play is and the benefits that not only it comes for students, but also for teachers and adults? Well, you know, play is, at the end of the day, it's naturally ingrained in us all as human beings. You know, we've evolved over, you know, many, many, many thousands of years, but those sorts of primal instincts remain. And just like they do with animals today, and it's part of who we are and what we do, we need it to develop. And I've seen lots of discussion, you know, on social media recently about physical play and stopping children, you know, being physical with each other and they learn so much about boundaries and, in, and personal space from doing that. I have a young son who's nearly five years old. Um, I've seen him with his friends, and it would be so easy for me to intervene when he's play fighting with them. And do you know what? Sometimes there are, it ends in tears. They do get hurt. But if I stopped them having that little confrontation, being physical, it may avoid the tears then. But... By there being the tears from their little altercation and they're getting a bit too pushing and shoving, they're learning that there's a line. They're learning there's a boundary there that they need to stay away from in future. They're developing so much more from them from me wrapping them in cotton wool. And I think I looked at the children of today and, and how I was when I grew up. I, I spent every living hour of daylight outside. I was fortunate I lived on a little cul-de-sac. And I had lots of other children my age and my brother who lived around, um, obviously close to us. We were outside playing not just sports, we were just playing tag, we were playing hide and seek, we were playing Kirby. We were learning from doing and it energised us and 
some of those connections formed in the brain would never have been done so if I had just been, you know, sat inside doing doing nothing. And into adulthood, I couldn't imagine life without playing. And I, I spoke to you before the podcast, Dale. I've got a, you know, a problem with my back at the minute, which is stopping me doing pretty much everything that I enjoy doing. Gym, playing football, um, playing tennis, running around with my children. And it's driving me absolutely bonkers. <laughs> I, see it as an, I see it as an escape from, you know, the, the day-to-day runnings of life. It's an escape. I get to be in my own, my own zone, in my head. And it's just, it makes me and everyone I see happier. They're in, a, you know, what I see uh, a term I've used before is a state of flow. They are unaware of time passing by. They are just content with being themselves and are happy. Nothing else in the world matters. And for me, that's the very essence of play to get to that state. And if there are children and adults who aren't experiencing that sense of there being no time and nothing else in the world matters, I feel like they're missing out on an awful lot in life. And it's a shame, really. I I'd like to personally help people who are in that situation find something they passionately love to do. And it can be play as simple as with a jigsaw. It doesn't have to be physical. But anything that they enjoy doing to play, because the quote I shared on the last podcast with you again, and it is the quote for that episode, is you know, once you stop playing, you start dying. Um, and there was a little analogy in that episode of the, uh, the sea slug, which spends its life roaming around. And then when it sort of stops moving and it, it, it dies, because it has nothing else to do. And I sense that as humans, we're just like that. You know, if we stop doing, then we're going to start doing the same as well. It sounds quite brutal, but I think it's true. Yeah, and no, again, I agree, mate. And, and I don't think I don't think the children. I think they struggle to play certain games as much as we used to now, just because of technology and all these other barriers and other things they've got going on in their life. But what I see is it's a big gap in adults and particularly teachers, where you know where. We're telling the students to play. We're giving them the opportunity, but then we're not going act out and scheduling that into our day because yes, it's 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 extremely tight. We do have very very strict timelines and so forth like that. But what are the differences? So I know you're really battling with this, and I don't want to go on too much about your back and things. But since you can't play to when you were playing and going to the gym and that, what what maybe one or two things you've really noticed about yourself that um, things you just haven't liked. Is it, is there anything you can pinpoint? Um, I'm, I'm more lethargic. I'm more tired. I'm definitely more grouchy. And I think for me, it's just because I want to be doing these things. I see others around me doing what I want to be doing. And I, I love having my independence and being able to choose what I do and how I do it. I've never had anything like this injury wise. Um, and it just came out of the blue. So for me, it's just affected my attitude and my demeanour. And I try to not let it show to those around me, but I know it slips through sometimes. And, I, and I've thought about it and you know, it's not fair on them, but it's really hard to manage. And it's a steep learning curve for me to come to terms with what's going on right now. And there is light at the end of the tunnel. But for me, it's been mainly an impact on my attitude and sort of, yeah, not not as happy. Now, I'm you know, happy as Larry talking to you on here right now. Yeah, but yeah, in yeah. general, it's just that lack of energy, a, a bit more grouchy. I just feel constricted. And granted, it's opened up other avenues and opportunities, but I don't feel as free and as, you know, as, as happy as I would do if I was allowed to just play as freely as I wanted to do. 
Yeah, but and I think you just meant one thing. I just love that you mentioned there is that it has opened up new uh, avenues and it's really given you another drive and another passion. And you haven't just sort of sat there and said, "Right, my back's no good. I'm not going to do anything." You've really knuckled down, and um, your work is high, high quality. And you've been able to create two, three units of work. And I know you've got more coming and so forth like that. Um, I've been blown away with them. They're forty to sixty page a PDF with games. Uh, lesson objectives, everything like that. I don't want to. I don't want to steal your thunder, but can you just share some of these bits of work? Because um, I see a lot of games out there. I see people post videos and everything like that. You've gone to the next level with these resources. Do you want to explain why you've just put so much into these resources? Yeah. Well. Well. First things first. Yeah. I've got more time on my hands now. It's something I've always wanted to do. Now I don't like to use time as an excuse don't get me wrong i've working lots and lots of hours putting these resources together but they're sort of born out of uh, my inner perfectionist and if you ask anybody i know i've always been an absolute perfectionist everything has to be just so from the way that i manage my classroom the way that i set up my cones everything's coordinated in its place it has a reason and a purpose for being and i made these resources initially predominantly as though i was my own audience if it was for me, what would I want to see? Simplicity, very, very easy to follow, but also high quality and detailed. And I've got in my head an absolute library of ideas, activities, games, units that I've used, and even ones written down on Word documents. And I thought to myself, when I'm looking through plans and ideas, I'm bored, senseless looking at a Word document and a couple of lines and boxes. I want something which is going to excite me first and foremost and is higher quality. So I set myself to work of making some resources which tied in with my philosophy around the P umbrella. And as we discussed earlier, the four umbrellas, the blue, red, green and purple umbrella. So I set about making units of work, and in these units of work, so there's a EYFS slow, uh, slash year one fundamental skills one at the minute, and there's also a year three, four invasion games unit. And what I've done inside that is I've explained which aspects of the different umbrellas you can expect to work on with the children during that unit. There are individual lesson overviews with the names of the game, what, why, how's. I can statements all in there as well. And then every single game in the PDF pack has its own, I say, I say designated sheet, which explains how the game's set up, how to make it easier, how to make it harder, any other progressions in there, what equipment you need, resources, teaching points. It's all there, all very visual, colour coordinated. And I didn't want it to just be a standalone lesson. And this is going back to the four umbrellas again. The packs themselves, each lesson focuses on the blue umbrella, the physical. So the what, why's, how's are all sort of tunnel vision towards the physical aspect they're going to learn in that session. But every sheet has a tab on the top representing the four umbrellas. And as a teacher myself, I would teach a lesson and dip in and out of the different umbrellas with careful questioning asking children how they felt after a particular activity. How did it make you feel when you lost in that game? Or how did it make you feel when you made that catch for the purple umbrella, for example? But it comes with its own lesson planning sheet. So you could use the same activity and you could teach it again with a completely different slant on it because every activity itself has a recommendation for how you can target each different umbrella. 
So if I give you an example of this, if it was a tag warm-up game like Tower Tag, so Tower Tag where there is a simple tagger chasing around the rest of the students, and if they get tagged, they stand nice and tall, arms straight in the air, balancing. We have a demolition team who carry some hula hoops around, and if the demolition team put a hoop over somebody who's been turned into a tower, it frees them. So our focus may be on the physical, which would be spatial awareness, running, agility, balancing as a tower. But if you wanted to redo that game, your entire focus could be on the emotional side of things. How does it make you feel when you're chasing somebody and you don't catch them? How do you react in that? Do you sulk about it? Do you try and stay motivated? How do you feel when you got caught in that game? You might focus on the social elements of when you are caught, how are you getting somebody's attention? That could be your whole focus and you may not even discuss the physical. So each game itself has got four strands where you could repeat it. So although there are 20 plus games in the pack, they can be reused so many times. It's virtually having 80 plus games. So it's comprehensive. It's detailed. There's lots in there. Um, I just like people to have a little look at them. And um, I'm sure um, it's something people will enjoy and get use from. Well, I can I can speak firsthand uh, of actually being fortunate enough to, you said, can you test some of these out? And last week I was teaching grade three, four and a grade five, six, and I used some of the games um, and they were fantastic. And not only that, uh, the kids saw the printouts, right? And um, if people haven't like gone over to your website, the PE umbrella, and seen how good your graphics are and everything you do, then um, they the, the students were more impressed with the way they were laid out and how easy they were to follow. So I had a grade five, six in class who actually decided to play one of the games and I let them go off and do it. So um, for people out there, even if you are nervous about buying a bit of work or getting something new, you've got so many different ideas, Ryan, has just put together and they work amazing. And not only that, they look fantastic as well. And at the end of the day, often if things look good, they work well. So um, Ryan, where can we go and check those out on your website, buddy? Yeah, well, it's peumbrella.com and you'll see in the bar at the top the tab there's the umbrella shop and on the umbrella shop you'll see there's a two or three resources in there right now um as of when this podcast is launched i'm not sure but there's a soon to be an athletics year five six scheme of work there too and just check back all the time and there'll be bits and pieces added to that and there's also free resources on the resource page as well for people to just jump on and download so loads of content and uh, it'd be great to see people there yeah, and, and, and they are designed for UK, but as I said, I use them in the Australian curriculum and not even a problem. So you can really adapt those games. They're very open-ended, and as you said, they can touch all those different umbrellas that you talk about. And one of the free games in your website that I was really excited about, and you actually taught me this, and we played it on your podcast last week, <laughs> was an icebreaker called One Two Three, and you wanted a little bit of feedback. I've used that in two workshops now, so with adults and teachers, um, and they've loved it and also with students as well. It's a fantastic game. So um, as Ryan just mentioned, if you want to go on to his website, he's also got free resources, and one of those is an icebreaker called 123. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the name of it. That's that's what I've been calling it. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's how I've been calling it. I'm sure there is a better name out there, so if you do come up with a better name, let me know, <laughs> and I'll start calling it by that. I, th- I think it works really well, mate. And, and uh, yeah, as I said, I've had great feedback from that. So... Uh, that alone should be enough to go over and check over everything else that you were doing. Now, Ryan, thank you so much for your time today. But before you go, buddy, where can we find out more about you? I know you mentioned the P umbrella, but what else can we expect to see on there? You've got 101 podcast episodes now. What else is on your amazing website, buddy? 
P umbrella. Well, it's all things going on under the P umbrella. You know, I see it as a as a place which not only encompasses the four umbrellas, but everything to do with physical education. So on the website there, you will find um, links to all the podcast pages, 101 and counting. There are tons of free resources. There is the shop for some of the comprehensive schemes of work on there. There's a little bit of a backstory about the four umbrellas and how it's sort of a metaphor for an umbrella you would carry through life. It's the poem I shared earlier on there as well. All my contacts and links to my Facebook page, which is Facebook forward slash P umbrella. And there's also my Twitter on there links where you can catch me at Ryan Sporting, Instagram at Ryan Sporting and all these different channels and avenues. There's just little glimpses of I guess my inner days of working on the P umbrella so you'll find some things on Instagram that aren't on the Facebook or the Twitter and vice versa so it's good to catch me on the different socials to see some behind the scenes stuff Um, and it's just an exciting time to keep building on that. Yeah, and I, I know people will go and jump onto your podcast. And um, if you are listening, two episodes that I got a real lot out of was an earlier one where you spoke about gamification, and it really sort of opened my eyes to what that was and how it could really be possible in not only PE but also in the classroom. And as I mentioned, your episode on play, I thought they were fantastic. I can't remember the the um, episode numbers off the top of my head. Um, we might chuck those in the show notes. But if you want to go on and check those out, I personally like those and. I'm not saying the rest aren't good, but it's always good, I think, to get one or two starting points, Ryan. And, um, mate, thank you so much for your time today. I know um, you are flat out creating work, and particularly with your back not being up to scratch at the moment, um, your energy and passion for teaching is infectious, and I know listeners will get so much out of today's episode. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And for anybody who just heard what you said then, um, the play episode is episode 94, Dale. So check it out. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you, Ryan. I I knew it was a recent one, mate, because I thoroughly enjoyed it. But uh, Ryan, thank you so much for your time today, buddy. I really appreciate having you on the podcast. Cheers. Thanks, Dale. Take care. Stop, don't go anywhere. If you love today's episode, then you'll love to stay up to date with everything we are producing. If you are part of the Apple family and have an iPhone or an iPad, simply go to Energetic Education on iTunes and you'll be able to download our new app for free. This app has all of our videos we've created, our blogs, and every episode of the podcast where you will never miss another episode. So go and download today and start enjoying this free app.